Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be and whenever you happen to be in this beautiful world. This is Greg, the Prepper Ninja, coming to you from a secret bunker deep in the heart of the Ozark Mountains, talking to you today about all things self-preparedness and prepper. In today's episode, I want to talk to you about something that's kind of a hot-button issue for a lot of people out there. It's gun ownership. Now, I'm not going to go into whether or not you should have guns or the laws on militia and the Second Amendment and your rights on everything. What I'm going to discuss today is the types of guns that are appropriate and what you need and what you don't need and what you want. Now, I'm not telling you what you need. I'm telling you to take a look at what you need. So we're going to define that. Everything in life is boiled down to what you need and what you want. What you need is a tiny, tiny, tiny little sliver of the pie chart that makes up that whole 100%. What you want is everything else. Now, what you need is air to breathe. What you want is that air to smell good and fragrant and not like dog poop. What you need is nutritious food in a sufficient quantity to keep you functional. What you want is gourmet steak. You want McDonald's. You want greasy food. You want carbs. You want, 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 want. What you need is shelter from the elements. What you want is a nice house. Maybe a mansion. Maybe something big. So, understanding what I'm talking about and the difference between need and want here is very important. Because what you need is very simple. And what you want is much less simple. When we start talking about the Second Amendment, there's all sorts of arguments that make some sense. In that time, in that day and age, when they said that it was the responsibility and right for the people to have a well-organized militia and be armed in the event of an oppressive government, At that day and age, there was no difference in how the government could arm itself and how the people could arm themselves with enough money. It's not like you can go out with enough money today and buy a fully functional tank or uh, jet fighter or uh, artillery or bombs or drones. These are military equipment and things that they will use against you if you form an insurrection against them. So that Second Amendment logic at this point may be a past tense sort of thing. However, we are given the right to keep and bear arms. Or for you dyslexic people out there to keep and arm bears. I am a person who really appreciates a fine firearm and enjoys shooting. I am not deluded enough to think that I am going to uh, be able to hold off a SWAT team, let alone a military team platoon coming to get me so in that context of you know we're going to overthrow the government blah 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 you know (laughs) you some deluded people out there um it's just uh, it's just a matter of who's got the bigger guns so yeah that's a that's a different world that you're talking about so we're going to talk about general use outside of that. We're not going to get into those Second Amendment issues, and we're not going to get into whether or not this is for the purpose of keeping the government off your back. There's a legitimate reason and need in the modern world, with violence as it is, to have some sort of self-protection. 
and a lot of people have concealed carry licenses. A lot of places allow open carry. Open carry is a subject that we find some interesting problems with. There was a lady in Texas who was open carrying, and she was at a uh, pump at a, at a gas station. And since she had the open carry and the gun right out on her hip, when the thugs came in and parked up front to re get ready to go in and rob the place, they saw her with her gun. Guess who they shot first? Shot and killed at a pump because she was obvious. You know, showing that, well, I've got a gun and I'll use it. In that situation, didn't help her a bit. And that's a sad situation. It's a sad story. I believe that in the event of having to use the firearm to defend yourself, you need to be trained, you need to be strategic, and you need to be in the position to have the element of surprise. So I really appreciate the concealed carry that my state allows, and I take advantage of it. But when you consider other strategic advantages... Letting them know that you're armed is not always the most brilliant thing you can do. I don't believe that I should ever pull my gun unless I've already decided that you must be shot. It's not a deterrent. A deterrent is common sense and listening to what I say. Sometimes you find people who just weren't built to do that. That's just going to be the case. So in those cases, it, it just happens. But that's the first category that we're going to discuss here. We're going to have a broad spectrum of covering every element of your life with firearms. And the first one is self-defense. Now, personal self-defense when you're out and around generally means a small, concealable, or easy-to-carry, if you're doing open, pistol in the context of a pocket uh, holster, inside the belt holster. Um, I, if you're wearing a jacket, if it's winter or something like that, I believe that a really good option is a shoulder holster. It's easy to get to. But whatever you're going to be using, it shouldn't be uh, this and then that and then the other. You should stick with something that you can practice and build into body reflex so that your muscle memory knows when in the event of an, of a, an attack or a provocation where I need to actually respond, I know right where to go to reach that weapon. That's an important thing. So... Now let's talk about calibers. <clears throat> I have heard a lot of arguments about, oh, you got to have something big. you got to have hollow points. you got to have knockdown power. I believe that accuracy and skill in placing rounds on a proper target are much more important than knockdown power. Because if you're going to fire and you're not accurate, if you miss them, then you're going to hit somebody else, something else. It's going to go through walls. You don't know what's on the other side of that apartment wall, that house wall, that 7-Eleven wall. You could be destroying property. You could be liable for someone else's uh, untimely death. I think that you should gauge your the level of your potential response on what you think is most appropriate for you to use. And... It's kind of hard to say, well, a twenty-two is a good self-defense when if you're just doing random shots and body mass shots, you're probably not going to have the knockdown or kill right at this moment. And they may be wearing something heavy enough that it's almost like body armor to a twenty-two. So you should take a look at shootings and robbings on YouTube or some online videos. I have seen robbings uh, attempted in various shops where the uh, owner or proprietor has responded 
with gunfire. And they said later they, they found the person uh, two blocks away, uh, injured or bleeding to death or dead. And you can tell that he had a high caliber weapon. Lots of uh, bang, flash, and kick. But in the moment of adrenaline, when things are going on, if you don't place something on an absolute knockdown right now, it's entirely possible to hit them with a hollow point forty-five and have them continue to fight long enough to kill you. So, it's about precision. Get back to precision. Make those headshots. Make those knockdown shots. Make those one-shot kills with whatever you've got. Now, that's going to be pretty hard with a twenty-two. Um, heads, heads are bobbing around and moving in, in uh, the, the heat of the moment. And bodies absorb a lot of uh, impact. So, 9 is pretty much the standard uh, entry level where you, you can start saying, okay, this can have some knockdown power. And a 9mm is not going to penetrate too many walls if you have a fragmenting hollow point, but it's still a danger. So, you need to know where that bullet is going. So, there's, there's my thoughts on Category 1. Category 1 is a small pistol uh, for self-defense. Now, I say a small pistol. I'm not saying tiny. What I'm saying is, you know, a Desert Eagle is not easy or fast to draw and get onto target unless you're huge. Find something that fits you. Find a caliber that fits you. Find something you can afford to shoot regularly at the range. Don't just put it on and say, oh, I've trained with it and never touch it again. Get shooting time. Put some lead down range. And if you're not going to do that, then you're a danger carrying that piece. So there's that thought. Now, the second step up is for home defense, when you're at home. And in this state, in this, not state as in, you know, the uh, political state, but in this condition, in this environment, defending yourself at home, one of the most important things is knowing that if you have other family members, you're not going to shoot through a wall and kill another family member. One of the best defense items in close proximity is a shotgun. Now, with a shotgun, you have an opportunity to choose what you're going to use as a load. So, let's say you have a small security shotgun that has a pistol grip along with the shoulder uh, buttstock, and you have a fairly short barrel, and a, a, just a pump magazine. Let's say a Mossberg 500 or something of that nature in the security size. So, it's, it's just long enough to be legal, so you can move it around inside the house without having to, you know, knock lights out with a big long duck gun. If you were to put number seven shot, number six, something like that, in there, there's no way you're going to kill somebody on the other side of a wall. But you will definitely incapacitate or lethally injure somebody in the same room with you with a 12 gauge. 410 might be a different matter, um, but you're still going to do serious damage to them. But, uh, you have the opportunity of using everything up to and including double lot buck and slugs and sub-out slugs with a 12 gauge. So this gives you such flexibility you can use it for a many, many different types of uh, situations. So that's what I highly recommend for home defense. Now your pistol comes into play here also. But remember, that pistol bullet is going to go through the wall and, you know, if, if Aunt Martha is visiting and she's in that guest room, you don't remember that at 3 a.m. You may take out, you may may wing the bur burglar and take out Aunt Martha. So these are things to think about. So now the uh, the next level is a longer rifle, and there are two categories there. 
uh, I believe that it's a, a proper and appropriate for everybody to have a sporting rifle. It doesn't matter whether that's single shot or semi-automatic or bolt action, uh, magazine fed, but something that they can reach out and put some lead on something at a medium range. Here in the Ozarks where we live, we have a lot of farms, but with the mountains, we don't have a lot of long distance shooting. With brush and mountains, the only time you're going to be able to hit that coyote that's come through and tried to chase your cat through the yard is going to be a 30 to 40 yard shot. So a carbine rifle of some sort, it can be up to and including an AR-15. It can be a little Ruger Breakdown 9mm. Uh, the Ruger Breakdown uh, carbine is a wonderful weapon. Uh, you need to be able to put lead, put, put your uh, uh, sights on target fairly fast. So I like the holographic sights and things like that. But this isn't about massive amounts of lead going downrange. This is about longer range than your pistol, stable platform, and the ability to quickly shoot a target in some sort of situation, which may not be traumatic, but it may be the wild hogs that are rooting up your garden or the coyote that's chasing your pets. Maybe they need to die right there. Well, that pistol may not be accurate enough, and you may not need that fully automatic uh, SKS Kalashnikov or AR-15. But then again, that's kind of in this category. The next level, which not everybody needs, but some folks who are worried about you know human intrusion can think about, is a fully automatic carbine or mid-range rifle. Now this falls into the category of those that I just mentioned. Everything from the SKS up through the AKs into the AR platforms, the AR-15 with the 5.56-223 or maybe even blackout. Those things, in a high capacity, whatever is legal in your state, the clip and the ability to put some sort of suppressive lead downrange is an important thing if you're worried about human intervention. Because, you know, a coyote's not going to shoot back at you, but somebody trying to break into your house or uh, do you harm just might. And in these times when things are getting more uncertain and people are getting into looting and that sort of things, this type of rifle may be an important uh, part of your, your arsenal. And the next thing that I highly recommend is a precision long-range rifle. Good optics, good range, something that you can reach out to 600 yards, 1,000 yards, see reasonably enough to do takedown. This sort of... Uh, Ability lets you go long-range hunting in the Colorado mountains. It lets you be relevant in any range if you're deer hunting or hunting the two-legged foe who is uh, trying to encroach upon your farm if it's that big. The ability to do a particular job at that distance is very important. And I think that that's something that's overlooked and people think, oh, my hunting rifle will do that. And then they keep it locked in the closet until once a year they take it out and shoot it before they go elk or deer hunting. That's really not valid. What you've got to do is stay up to date on all of these things. Afford the ammo, make the shots, do the practice. So that's my take on the firearms and what you need. You notice I carefully avoided telling you what kind of firearm that you should have. What kind of caliber you should have. 
other than giving you some basic facts to think about. Everyone is so brand specific about, oh, I've got to have this. I'm a, I'm a Winchester man. I'm a Ruger man. I'm a, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. You find something that works for you. In doing things in self-defense and working around different uh, uh, theories like this, I have found this is just like martial arts. And people will always argue about what's the best martial art. The thing is, the best martial art is the one that you will do. Because if you're going to say, oh, I'm, I only do uh, Shotokan Karate, but there's not a school around here, so I don't practice. Well, the, the key phrase in there is, I don't practice. So you're not a martial artist unless you practice. The martial art that you can do, will do, and continue to do is the right one for you. So when it comes to guns, the one you can use is comfortable to use, you'll take to the range, you can afford to get the rounds for, and you will go out there and practice with and be safe for you and dangerous to those things that need to be dangerous to. That's the one that you should use. Everyone has different criteria in what they consider what's acceptable to them. And that's okay. Just find something that works for you and decide what you need and what you want. What you need is to be able to defend yourself. What you want is a cool way to do it, a comfortable way to do it, an impressive way to do it, a way to do it that you can and will use. So balance those two together, and then we come to the point of covering the close-in personal defense in every day, the home defense, the hunting varmints and managing your farm, the long range, and if you have a need for that level in between there, the mid-range, high-capacity semi-automatic. That's my take on all of this. I know lots of you agree. I know lots of you don't agree, and that's okay because I'm just telling you what I think and facts, and that's what this podcast is about. So enjoy, and we'll talk to you another time. I am so glad that we got to sit down and have this conversation. You are very important to me. I enjoy these times that we get to discuss things that are hopefully helpful to you. And, you know, they're helpful to me, too, because every time we discuss them, I learn something new again just by rehashing things in my head. So I hope you've got something out of this, and I hope it values you, your family, and your community. I'll see you on the next episode.